Hey, everybody, and welcome to Mom of the Hard Kid. It is the beginning of the school year, and we are going to be talking about the things it takes to help your child succeed at the very beginning of the school year. Now, some of this isn't going to be helpful because some of it is like backtracking and stuff that happened months ago. If you haven't done those things, that's okay. We can catch up now. It's no problem. Because when you have a child who is labeled as the hard kid, it can create a lot of animosity between the teachers and the principal and the student staff, all of those things. And you want to do whatever you can to make it, to mitigate those issues. So one of the first things we did as my, my kid who is my most high needs child is entering kindergarten this year. It is my first year (laughs) where she's in school and I am all smiles. You guys, I am so excited to get here. I never really thought I would make it. It was a really, really big thrill to watch my older kids walk my younger kid into the school and it was just a precious moment and I love it. So on another one, I might talk to you about some of the things we did to prep her for school because that absolutely required a lot of effort and a lot of time and planning. And I think she's made absolutely wonderful progress. Now, this is easy to say on the first day because we haven't really had a lot of issues and she's still excited to go because in our case, her anxiety... um, has more to do with the impact of her relationships. She's good with new stuff. I know that some of you, that's not going to be the case, but I, we, we've lucked out that way. Um, but I am going to talk about some of the things that we did because my child has so many high needs. And for those of you who are new, her high needs involve like trauma, ADHD, reactive attachment disorder, PTSD, anxiety. She has a lot of Uh, diagnosed and some medicated issues. And she also has a history of not doing very well in school. And what I mean by that is emotionally, social, emotional. When you go through and they give evaluations, which I've talked about and I'm sure I will talk about again, social, emotional is is a big one, but they don't really care about it if it doesn't impact your schoolwork. But you have to make them care. So my daughter, she's ready for kindergarten when it comes to the scholastic side of things. But when it comes to her emotional control issues, she's definitely better than she was, but probably not on par with most kids. It can it can get kind of terrifying sometimes. But one of the first things we did is we met with the principal and the special ed person. Now, in our case, my kids go to a charter school. So I did this before I applied her to the charter school because I wanted to know if the school could handle these kind of situations or if I would have to take her to the local public school and um, see if they had more services to offer. So ironically, the public school was the worst. (laughs) Everything went terribly. It was horrible. They didn't believe me on anything and it was really rough. But then when I went to the charter school, which I actually did first, I said, I, I made a brochure 
It had bulleted points of issues that she's had. It had um, concerns that she'd had after being kicked out of other schools. And I, I said, you know, is this something that you guys could manage here? And the special needs lady was like, yes, we, I absolutely, she's like, we've seen this before. We can, we can do this. And it was just really nice to be able to, to get them on board first. Because when I went to the public school, it was almost like they were trying to fight really hard to prove that my child didn't have any problems, even though I had a letter from her physician and I had a letter from her psychologist and I had a letter from her psychiatrist. They're like, no, I don't see anything. It's fine. And I just was like, oh my word. <laughs> okay. But that's another show too. So one thing, if you don't really know how to take that first step, then here's what I recommend. I recommend going to your school's website, getting the email address of the principal, the special ed teacher, and your child's teacher. If you do not know who that is, leave them out. Just have the principal and the special ed person. Now, if you want to go overkill, add the assistant principal. It will give them something to talk about. It will be lovely. And you can send an email and say, hi, I have a child who's going to be attending your school. I have concerns about ABCDEFG and I was wondering if I could talk to you either in person or on the phone about these issues. Um, don't make it just email. Email is lovely because you get to have a written response. Um, that's great. And that has its place, especially if there are issues in the future. But talking face to face can sometimes be really helpful. Now, if you are over, overly overly exhausted <laughs> like if you are burnt out and desperate because some of us get that way then email might be great so it might even be best to not talk over the phone because I noticed that when I am trying to explain these things to the school district there was desperation in my voice and they just shut down and of course that annoys me because if I have desperation in my voice then I I'm desperate over something and <laughs> they don't know me, but I, you know, it was real to me. But anyway, so if it is best, you know, email's not so bad, but I recommend meeting them in person if you can, because you want to get a feel of them. They want to get a feel for you. I also recommend if at all possible, keeping the child outside of the room for at least part of this conversation because you want to be able to be blunt and you don't want to embarrass your child, but it doesn't hurt to have the child there too. So they can kind of know visually who they're going to deal with. Um, don't be overbearing, be a help. You want to be able to go in and say, here's the situation you are now involved because school has started, but know that I still know that this is my child. I still know that I am responsible for my child's actions. And I still know that the best way to have my child succeed is that if we all work together, if you're the type of parent, and I'm sorry, I know people are going to be offended and I don't really know how, if you're the type of person that drops your child off at school and then like washes your hands of your child, you don't get to. That is not a luxury that you get to have when you have a child who has high needs. I know that you are burnt out. 
I know that you are tired. I know that you are overwhelmed. I can assure you I have had all of those feelings. But it's your kid. It's not the school's kid and you don't want it to be the school's kid. Your responsibility is to take care of your child. The school's responsibility is to keep your child safe while they teach them. But I don't want you to like come in and steamroll. Be cautious of that. You do want to advocate for your child, but you don't want to become an additional burden for the school. Your child is already going to be a burden. You don't want to be, you don't want to offer them two burdens. You want them to, you know, you to be an educator and provide them with an opportunity to provide a wonderful place of education for your child so that your child can succeed. So don't be overbearing, but also don't just wash your hands of it. Be ready, be proactive, be available. Provide your contact information. I know, I know, trust me, I know that when sometimes your child is so high needs that you turn around after you've dropped them off at school and you're walking back to your car and you're just like, (gasps) like it's the first breath that you have taken since the last time your child was not in your presence. Like, I know, but if you want your child to succeed, providing yourself as a way to balance things, as a way to know what is going on at the school, but also know what's going on with your child, you'll be able to integrate that into your home when your child gets home. And you'll be able to work in conjunction instead of having things clash, which I assure you will be so much easier in the future. Make yourself available If somebody needs to call you, let them call you. If you cannot be available in certain times during the day, then just tell them, say, you know what? It's really hard for me here. You can either give them another person to contact, but let them know so that they're not like, uh, you're a deadbeat mom or a dad and you just don't answer because your kid is hard. You don't want them as the school resenting you too. So when I talk about difficulties in my child, um, one of the things that kind of makes me (laughs) desperate and paranoid is my child has destroyed a classroom once. Like she, when, when she loses it, she loses it in such a way that it's really, it has been destructive in the past. So I know that my child is difficult. And I don't also want to be a difficulty to the school. I am going to bring back up that booklet that I made because in that booklet, I had again the bulleted points of what, what the symptoms are and what issues we deal with and the things I had another page of things that are helpful and one thing that really works with my child because she's five years old and I just happen to have a people pleaser who is also has no emotional control. It's kind of a unique combination. One of the things that she likes is she likes to impress the people that are around her. So she is able to be redirected at school in a way that I cannot do at home. And so, you know, I put in the thing 
know, she's, she can be redirected. She really likes helping out. She likes to be the center of attention. She likes this. She likes, you know, when you compliment her, if she's sitting correctly and you compliment her because unfortunately, and, um, just happenstance, she derives a lot of value for herself by the way other people think of her. Um, with reactive attachment disorder, there has to be a connection between what happens at home and what happens at school. And when you're telling this teacher the things that help out, then you're able to have some congruency, some continuity between what happens at home and what happens at school. And that will provide more solidification that's a funny word, more solidification for your student and more continuity, which will, you know, kind of help with anybody in anxieties. And even so one of the things I've noticed in my child who has some pretty amazing ADHD is when she's anxious, when she's nervous, when she's excited, everything gets 500 times worse. So if I can keep her expectations in a place where she doesn't have to worry, then the day's going to go better at school for the teacher, for her, and for me when she gets home. Now, I'm not really going to go into the IEPs or the 504 plans, but those can be incredibly helpful because there are some legal requirements that the teacher has to do. And one of those you can say is, I need you to contact me. I need you to contact me and let me know, you know, give me a rundown of the day. Now, again, this is a fine line between being overbearing. If your teacher has a class that is absolutely astronomically huge and filled with stinkers, then it's going to be really hard for her to do this. But you just do your best. You do your best as a mom. They're going to do their best as a teacher. Your kid's going to do their best at school. And sometimes the combination of those all falls apart. It doesn't work out. You end up in a place where everything feels like it's failing and it's overwhelming. And I can sit here and I can say all the happiest platitudes in the world that doesn't mean that the the bad things don't match up sometimes and you don't end up in a place where you're like, oh my gosh. But I want to, I just want to say that I really do think that you shouldn't give up on your options. You know, I had a daughter, different daughter who was not thriving at school and I, because I had young kids at home, stayed at home And I said, you know what, I'm going to homeschool you, you're going to homeschool with me, and it's going to be okay. So we were able to catch back up on all of this stuff. It was a really unique situation. Maybe I'll get into it sometime. It had to do with a split class. And the teacher wasn't teaching her side of the class. So we were able to catch her up, um, get her ready for the year. And it really calmed down a lot of anxieties that she had. Because she needed to know that her education was important. 
and that her education was valuable. So there were options. Now, homeschool isn't always an option, but if it's something that you're like, oh my gosh, what do I do? You can homeschool in most states for just a few months and just say, okay, I'm going to pull you. We're going to kind of chill and reset, and then we're going to send you back. And you can, you can do it in the middle of the year. You talk to the principal and say, hey, I'm thinking about doing this. If I pull my child out for two months, can I put them back in and have them be in the same class if the same class is good for them or have them? You can switch classes. There are options available to you. There are different schools. There are different options. And I know that there's a mom or dad out there saying, I don't have those options. I don't have those. And I just want to say to you, don't beat yourself up. It would be amazing if everything lined up the way that it was supposed to. It would be so wonderful if we could have the greatest of all things for ourselves and for our children and for our friends and family. It would be great. But your kid is going to be okay with their experiences. And I know sometimes that's not always true, but 90 plus percent of the times, your kid is going to get some character and it's going to be okay. And it might not be a moment now, but there might come a time later where everything falls into place instead of out of place. So give yourself a little bit of grace and say, you know what? I can't right now. I can't change schools for my kid. I can't change teachers for my kid. I can't homeschool my kid. And you can sit your child down and say, I know it's the worst and I wish I could do this. When you get home, let's do this for you so that you can still feel all of these other things. Now, if your child is depressed, I have to tell you, depression is my scariest thing. Because depression doesn't, it's not irrational, it's just emotional. So it's not logical, it's not illogical, it's just emotions. And when you are stuck in those emotions, you can't logic yourself out of it. When when you're being irrational in other ways, sometimes you can, you know, m- I, I want to use the term manipulate and I don't mean in a bad way. I mean like clay, like you can guide it and you can say, Hey, like you can manipulate it and say, Hey, this is why your behavior is not okay. Do you see how that doesn't work in the whole scheme of things? And you, people can wrap their heads around it. But depression, depression is, is a feeling that can't be denied. It's there and you can't manipulate around and and so it's really heavy and it's really hard and there will be times where you you know where it's time it's time to make a big decision to help your child because it can it can be really scary but most of the time it's going to be okay especially if you keep an open dialogue with your your kid and you say hey child i hear you I hear you that things are hard. I see you that things are hard. And I don't have anything that I can do at school. Can you think of anything we could do? If we can't do anything, then you come home and you come home and I will provide you the most love and know that school is a short term and and these things will eventually stop. 
You know, I one conversation I had with one of my kids is I said, do you know how to walk? And he was like, yeah, (laughs) I was like, there was a time you didn't know how. And that time ended. And and then I bring up something else. Do you know how to read? Yeah, there was a time you didn't know how. And that time ended. And were you in the first grade? Yeah, that ended. And so to kind of say, to kind of bring to light that there is a season and there is a time and those times, the seasons change and the time passes and one day starts and one day ends. And there will come a time when school isn't the thing. When school's over. And as the parent, you've experienced this. You've gone to school and school ended. And for those very few who might still be in school and being parents, you've still experienced a school year that has started and ended. You've been pregnant or had your your person be pregnant and that ended. And now you have a child or you were fostering and then you adopted or you were infertile and then you adopted like you were able to have a start and have an end to something and just to bring that sometimes that's all you can do is bring that to your child's attention and and saying the little platitudes and the and the the verses I mean in some ways it can be very helpful to say you know you know, this thing's going to come to an end, but, but to give your personal stories to say, I did this, you've done this. It's going to end. It isn't everything because when you are in junior high and when you're in high school, it feels like everything. It feels like when Johnny looks over at you and gives you a scowl that your value is less because you wanted Johnny to like you and he didn't like you and 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 that's forever and then here I am 30 years in the future saying oh you know I don't even appreciate who Johnny became like I'm so glad you know and and you can see it from a different perspective um in a way you can kind of think of it like going up a mountain where you're you're walking up a mountain and you turn around and look and see how far you've gone. But when you get really high up that mountain, you can actually see far, not just down at the path that you've walked, but you can see vistas and views and a lot of life. And, and you can then say to your child who's down near the bottom of the mountains and you can say, it's not always that spot. Look at me. I'm not in that spot. Look, look. I promise you, it's not always going to be that spot. And then, you know, the people around you can, you can look up and you can say, and I'm not always going to be here. And there are places to go and things to travel and vistas to see. And there is wisdom that comes with climbing that mountain. And I do hope all of you parents who are dealing with kids that have big things, I hope that you know that you're not always going to be in that spot in the mountain. And I say this, looking at my Vista for the first time as all four of my kids are in school today, right now, never thinking that I was going to get here. 
I never thought it would. I thought I'd, I thought it'd all be over first because it was so hard and it was so exhausting. And now I'm sitting here for just a few hours just saying, nope, it happened. And I'm here and I'm looking and it, and it does happen. And if, if anything, I mean, the, the hike and trudge through the woods of those mountains could be really hard you can have the craggy part where it's just stone and for some reason trees are growing out of the stone and you're just trying to make your way through. You could have that part and you look over and you see somebody else is in their, in their valley and they're looking at their views and they're just happy and you're so jealous. But know that they're not going to be there that long. They're going to have to go back into the trees and there will be one time when you hit your valley and you hit your vista and you're able to have those moments it's gonna happen might take a long time and your muscles might be sore and your body might be sweaty and you might be so exhausted you don't even know how in the world you're taking your next step but it's gonna happen but I know in the meantime that the battle is difficult and it is hard And it is hard for them as your kid. And it is hard for you as the parent. But if we can do the best to be proactive, maybe we can make it a little less hard at school. No matter what comes your way, I hope everything sort of turns towards the sun and is a little bit brighter today. And I wish you all the best. Until next time. Thanks for listening.